Hello again, my name is Michael. And I'm Grace. And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages. On this show, my husband and I are watching every animated Disney film in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages. Then, after watching each movie, we'll come here to give a review and talk about whether these old classics hold up to modern standards, as well as seeing how Disney movies have evolved over the years. Today we're watching movie number six. Saludos amigos! Uh, That's right. So, uh, what are your thoughts and expectations going into this movie? I gotta say, they're fairly low. This isn't movie. I this isn't a movie I'm quite as familiar with. So, as far as what I'm expecting, do you recall on our last trip to Disney, your very first time riding the Grand Fiesta? Yes, that was so much fun. I'm expecting that the longer. Okay, that's That's, fair. That's my expectations, (laughs) but not quite too long because. I'm pretty sure this is the shortest Disney film at 42 minutes. Wow, 42 minutes. That's that's not even long enough to get in the car and drive to get a pizza. I don't know. I'm trying to find something to compare it to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have like zero expectations going into this movie because I have never seen it. I don't know a thing about it. I know it has a very Spanish sounding title. Uh, amigos means friends. Yeah, that's that's about all I know. Salud is what you say when somebody sneezes. So yeah, I I really don't know what to expect of this movie. My expectations are pretty low just because, generally speaking, if I haven't even really heard of a movie, it's probably not one of Disney's better movies. This was at the beginning of the you know the war and things like that, and so not a great time for movies in general people weren't really going out and seeing movies and people were being drafted and all those kinds of things so that makes sense things like entertainment are usually the first to go in times of crisis so um that makes sense all right so uh without further ado we'll go watch the movie and we'll be back to you very shortly because this is a really short movie apparently And we're back. All right, so uh, did you have any initial thoughts that you want to mention before we get into it? Not particularly. Uh, I just, I can't remember if we already said this, but this is definitely one of the shortest Disney movies, so expect this to be one of our shorter reviews. Yeah. So I just wanted to go ahead and start off by saying, how did you like the movie? I enjoyed it. It was a little weird. It kind of went back and forth between, like, footage of Walt and crew in uh, these South American countries, and then the animation. So that was a little weird. Not necessarily bad, just weird. Yeah, um, I honestly enjoyed this a whole lot better than I was expecting to, um, which was kind of why I wanted to start with seeing how we liked the movie, just because I didn't want our takes on it to influence each other, you know? I really liked it. You can tell that they just had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And going into it, uh, you had told me that you'd looked it up, and this happened... During around about the same time as World War II, and so America wanted to get South America um, kind of on their side, and so this kind of was a way to build goodwill for that. And so I'm sitting here kind of expecting stereotypical World War II propaganda, Mm -hmm. whereas this movie was actually a whole lot of fun. It didn't feel like propaganda at all. It was just... Fun. Yeah, it was just fun reaching out to your neighboring countries and being like, hey, we enjoy your culture. Yeah, and so that's specifically why you see Donald and Goofy in this, is because they particularly like those characters. 
Yeah, so uh, I guess let's start with just a general synopsis of the movie. It's only like 43 minutes long, and it's four shorts put together. And throughout all of it, the premise is the Walt Disney Animation team took a trip to South America and visited several different countries down there. And while they were there, they were inspired to do these animated short pieces. So we start out with the first animated piece is Donald at Lake Titicaca. And so Donald is checking out the boats that the natives use when they're fishing or uh, he's interacting with llamas and then going across a bridge and things like that. It just seemed like a lot of fun antics that Donald was getting himself into. Yeah, it was, it was just to summarize very briefly, is Donald being a tourist at Lake Titicaca. And it was just a lot of fun. You know, they over-exaggerated things a lot. You know, like people walking down the hill. They just walk, have like flat feet or whatever. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Just lots of... They made it very humorous, very over the top, but I don't th- think necessarily in like a, a bad way. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not the indigenous people of South America to be able to say whether or not something is accurate to their culture. But it just from the outside looking in, it seemed like they were very respectful of the culture and none of the people there were played for gags. It was always Donald being an idiot tourist. That was the joke where they were actually very respectful when it came to the people that they were meeting there, um, which I've, I've very much appreciated that. Most definitely. The thing with the, the llama was definitely hilarious. So. Yeah. Yeah. And can I just say, I really love in movies like this when you see the plane flying and it looks like a map underneath where like you know a plane is flying over south america and you see brazil written in big letters across the mountains or things like that like i don't know it's just a cute thing that animated movies do that i really personally enjoy speaking of planes um i guess that moves us along into the second segment of the movie uh which is uh the animators are on a flight to buenos aires and on their way there they um, come up with this idea of a plane named Pedro that's a little baby plane that's alive. And uh, so he's, I love that it showed him going to school and he studied, instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic, it was reading, skywriting, and arithmetic. And then later he studied uh, anatomy and it just showed like a skeleton, like what looked like bones, but in the shape of a plane. And I just, I don't know, I just thought that was really cute how they did that. Yeah, I agree. They, there was a lot of puns, and they were very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pedro has to go off and do this mission uh, to pick up the mail, because his dad normally picks up the mail, but his dad has a cold, this big mail plane. And then his mom has high oil pressure, so she can't stand the altitude, <laughs> which I thought that was just great instead of high blood pressure, you know? Yeah, um, like I mentioned, like the little puns like that were just like really cute. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a really cute scene of it, it had a very little engine that could kind of feel to it where Pedro has to go on this daunting mission and he's accosted on the way by this monstrous mountain that seems to be a malicious force. It causes storms to come out of nowhere and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that was just a cute little um Honestly, I feel like that could very much just be a Disney short, even if it weren't a part of this South American thing, because that's the kind of thing they do anyway. You know, they do cars and planes later, although that's Pixar, but, you know, similar kind of idea of like a plane that's alive or something. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And they flew happily ever after. (laughs) 
they did. But yeah, I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the Pedro. It was cute. It actually had me on the edge of my seat. I'm like Pedro <laughs> Personally. And then the next short is El Gaucho Goofy. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, yeah. The um, gauchos. The gauchos. So that was that was a really cute short. It's basically Goofy is an American cowboy from Texas and he goes to Argentina and learns to be a gaucho. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. They're trying to connect the two cultures. Like we have our cowboys and you have your gauchos and they're really similar at the end of the day. Yeah, I really liked how they showed a lot of the little differences and similarities between American cowboys and gauchos from Buenos Aires. Um I think the best joke in that entire scene was when uh, they're changing Goofy from an American cowboy out of his American cowboy clothes into gaucho clothes. And at the end, the last item of clothing they throw on him is a poncho. And the narrator says, and that just about covers everything. And the poncho is like eight sizes too big and it literally covers all of Goofy. I just thought that was so good. I laughed out loud watching that. Yes, it was good. Although my favorite part was the slow-mo portion. Yes, that was so good. So basically he's throwing, I can't remember what it's called, but he's throwing some device that captures ostriches. Bolos, I believe. That sounds right. And so then he, the narrator's just like, let's watch it back in slow-mo. And so then the narrator's talking in slow motion while it's happening. And it's it's just very humorous. Yeah, I, I just really loved that entire scene with Goofy becoming a gaucho because there was just so many good little jokes in it where like the, the narrator says that the saddle can quickly be converted into a bed. And so Goofy lays back like he's it's a bed and the horse thinks, oh, it can turn into a bed. So he flips over and lays on it like a bed with Goofy underneath. Or just little things like that. Now, one thing that I thought was worth mentioning in that scene is during the live action portion before the animated scene, um, they're showing a bit of gaucho culture down there. And um, they're doing what they call an asado, which is like a South American barbecue. And I would just say fair warning for more sensitive viewers of like they're cooking animals and some of them like it doesn't look like meat. It still looks like an animal. That's cooked. And so I could see where little kids could be scared by that or animal lovers might not appreciate that scene as much. True. I mean, this was released in 1943. It was a different time and those were desperate times too. Yeah. And then for the last portion, it kind of switches to more of the city life of South America when they go to Rio de Janeiro. And, And that was the point where I realized I really love how they're showing the process of how these shorts came to be because they're showing, okay, here, when you go to Rio, this is what happens to a big city when you let a bunch of cartoonists loose as they lay down paintings, you know, Mm -hmm. that the cartoonists did. Um, So it was really cool seeing like the thought process behind it and like, Oh, we saw this purple parrot. And so that's what inspired Joe Carioca is his name or Jose Carioca. They call him both at different points in the movie. And this was also really the point where I started, because I try to pay attention to how the movie's made, and this is the point where I really realized, like, wow, it is really well animated. Like, this stuff looked good. This section in particular was very well animated, and they kind of went a little bit into, like, the rainforest and showed different birds, like parrots and toucans, and there was this really cool scene where the watercolor, the artist, 
is water coloring a tree and then all of a sudden it turns to a bird and it's just so gorgeous yeah it, it almost i actually wrote down in my notes that uh it felt like they took elements from fantasia and then just made them way better like a lot of the a lot of the stuff going on in that scene felt like things you would see in fantasia of like a tree turning into a bird and then you know a, an artist brush painting a puddle and then knocking donald duck into it or things like that yeah okay so the problem with fantasia was the classical music that's what the problem was there we go if it weren't for the classical music if they'd have had more lively samba music we might have enjoyed it more. exactly <laughs> yeah uh this also this was probably my favorite scene just because of how well it was animated and how beautiful everything was but it also did feel like the scene that was the most propaganda though because um jose Carioca was speaking a lot of Portuguese really fast, and it's like the Portuguese audience would absolutely understand what he's saying. But then he gets he, he speaks for like two minutes straight in Portuguese, and then gets to the end and says, or as you Americans say, let's go see the town. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like that quite as much. I had a really hard time understanding him. Mm. So I, I really didn't understand like a single thing he said except for like let's go to town yeah it was really hard to understand because he he was mostly speaking in portuguese he only said a few words in english and even when he did it was thrown in with portuguese and with a heavy accent and so you might not even recognize that oh wait he switched back to a language i know yeah i would love to rewatch that scene with subtitles on yeah yeah that's true that would be fun and also with both of us knowing some spanish but not knowing any portuguese it's like, it, it's it's almost feels like I should be able to understand it because they have very similar accents and similar enunciation, but the words are different, so mm-hmm. couldn't catch any of it. It was interesting, though, in this last portion, you had Donald drinking and Jose smoking. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up and uh, they had a drink called Cachaça because at first Donald Duck says, ah, soda pop. And, and Jose says, no, 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 this is Cachaça. And I looked it up. Cachaça is the most popular distilled spirit in Brazil. So he just poured him a shot of hard liquor <laughs> right there on a kid's movie. That's pretty great. Yeah. But that's that's honestly the only thing I found any problems with in this movie. Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the old Disney movies, you go into it with a certain mindset of like, okay, it's, it's going to be a product of its time. There might be some controversial things in there or anything. But um, like I said, it felt like they were very respectful of the culture. And honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I I was not expecting to like it nearly as much as I did. Same. It was very enjoyable. One other uh, note on that last short would be the, like, watercolor. Like, the artist is drawing everything, like, as you're watching it, which is really cool. Yeah, I really loved that, where, like, you could see a paintbrush putting in the steps right as Donald and Jose step down onto them. Or things, and it sounds really weird describing this in audio. I'm sure, but it's definitely worth a watch. And the whole movie's only 45 minutes, you know. Yeah, less than so you got you got time, and it's good. Yeah. My one final note would be, I really love the narrator's voice. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So usually with movies like this, where it's narrated and it goes back and forth between animation and live action, I usually don't enjoy things like that. Like, I didn't really enjoy Fantasia except for the first couple of scenes or that kind of thing. But um, I I really think this was really well done. And I think the fact that it's only 40-something minutes long really helped a lot, too. Because I knew it was going to be a short movie. I knew going in, even if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have to put up with it very long. But honestly, I would say I'd probably give this like a 
8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it, but at the same time, I would have probably rather watched these all as shorts than in a movie. That makes sense. Um, personally, I do think it worked well together. Yeah, I think it... I th- yeah, I think it worked well. I just would have enjoyed watching four shorts instead of mm-hmm. it being all stitched together as a movie. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think the reason I liked it all stitched together as a movie is because it it told a story. It was they they mentioned it towards the beginning that it was kind of a travelogue of the path that the animators took and then shorts that they wrote about those places. So I think it gained something by being all together like that. This week, we have one piece of listener mail from Amber again, and she says, Thanks again for another great podcast. I'm excited to hear the next one. Definitely something I look forward to every week. So here's the question of the week. I guess I can make that a thing. I like that thing. We love that that's a thing. It's like you're like a third secret host. Yeah. Okay, this week's question is, who is your favorite Disney animal? Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's a tough question. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of Pua and Hey Hey right now, and Hey Hey is pretty high up there for me personally. Like, I can't even decide between Hey Hey and Pua. Like, how can I decide between all the movies? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so many good options, too. You got Sebastian Figaro. When you're older and you watch Little Mermaid, Sebastian's character just really resonates with you. Does Olaf count? No. Okay. Not an animal. Yeah, it's not a it's not an animal sidekick. Because if if the question was animal sidekick, I would vote that Olaf mm. does count, but not off, off the top of my head. Like Oliver feels like a fantastic option. Ooh, yeah, that is a really good one. Um, Copper Tide, both fantastic options. Um, mm. I, there's there's too many to really narrow down at all. Honestly, um, you want to try just in, how about this for the first. Six movies that we've watched up till Saludos Amigos. Who's your favorite? Figaro, hands down. Figaro goes through a whole character arc and is adorable. And I just love it. I agree. I think that Figaro probably is the best choice out of those. Although I really love um, Jose Carioca. I know he kind of counts because he's an animal. He's a bird. True. If runner up for me would probably be Bambi. Yeah. Yeah. Bambi was fantastic. So thank you very much for the awesome question. And uh, how can the listeners reach us if they want to answer that question? If you'd like to tell us what Disney animal is your favorite, we're on Twitter, Instagram at Disney Ages, or you can email us at DisneyAgesPodcast at gmail.com. The songs in this podcast are all by Kevin McLeod and are used under Creative Commons license with links to all of that stuff in the show notes. That's all we have for you this week. So come back next week to hear us review the three caballeros. Until next time. Adios. Hasta luego. (laughs) 